Alright, podcast going. Hope everyone's having a good SummerSlam wrestling weekend. Haley, stop crying. Dog is acting up as usual. So welcome everyone to Americana the American Way. I'm Big John. You can find me on Parlor at the Real Big John on Instagram or on Twitter, pardon me. They're all the same, whatever. On Twitter at the Real underscore Big John. And on Rumble at Americana the American Way. And I've been posting to YouTube on the same channel name, Americana the American Way. Today was SummerSlam. This is a uh, wrestling tradition. The WWE, WWF, started many years ago. Um, And for me, it always marked the end of summer, and it was usually a week before school started. So me and my friends would get together when you had to uh, rent these things from your local cable company. Now it streams on the Peacock app and I will say once for once Peacock had its stuff together Uh, these WWE live streams have been uh, horrifically plagued with uh, problems break Freezing up, looking like uh, it's the old-fashioned pay-per-view on your TV if you didn't order it. And it was uh, the picture was scrambled by the ta- cable company, pardon me. But this one, they had the ability to pause. You had the ability to fast-forward, rewind. Well, you couldn't fast-forward live, obviously, but... If you paused and then you wanted to fast forward through something, you could. So, for one of the the big four, as they're known, pay-per-views, Peacock had its crap together. Uh, It was a good pay-per-view overall. I liked it. But it was kind of like, eh. Um, There were too many video packages. Too many... uh, pointless promos but let's get into the match breakdowns and how it went uh, overall the first match we had out of the gate was the Raw Tag Team Championship match and it was AJ Styles versus uh, AJ Styles and Omos not AJ versus Omos AJ and Omos versus RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle. Uh, I think it was a good match. It was short. Omos worked like a big guy should work. He didn't leave his feet a lot when he was in the ring. It was strictly power moves, you know, strength, throwing people around. Uh, Randy Orton got the better of him a time or two, but he did what a guy his size should do. AJ Styles, who's known for his high spots and being just a good 
technician in the ring. Uh, he's cut back on the high spots a lot, but he pulled one out of the book or out of the bag this time. Uh, <clears throat> Matt Riddle was standing on the the floor outside the ring. AJ was on the ring apron and did a backflip, caught uh, Matt Riddle by his head and gave him a reverse DDT onto the floor. It was a very impressive. Uh, it ended up winning, being won by RK Bro, the team of Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. So RK Bro are the new Raw Tag Team Champions. I gave it three stars. I tried to give these matches star ratings. Uh, it didn't. I don't think it went very well. But anyways. Uh, next was Ava Marie. Eva Marie versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, Eva Marie is one of the worst workers in the company. There's so many talented women wrestlers and bless her heart Eva Marie can act she can get heat she can get heel heat she can be a good bad guy uh, she works out she keeps her body in shape but her in ring talent when you look at what holds uh What's holding the WWE back from signing Tessa Blanchard? I would take Tessa's uh, backstage problems or personal issues over Eva Marie's inability to wrestle any day. Uh, there's a, a lady wrestler who I, I've met, I chat with on Facebook sometimes, named Kelly Klein. She could work circles around Eva Marie and a lot of the women in WWE. But she doesn't have Eva Marie's look. And Kelly is beautiful. I mean, she's naturally a beautiful woman. Don't get me wrong. But somebody in WWE doesn't find her attractive. I think that's pretty sad that um, a person that can't wrestle, though she tries, is getting... A contract and a push when other better women wrestlers like Serena Deeb who's the best technical wrestler in women's wrestling right now <clears throat> got cut from WWE I mean Serena Deeb shaved her head to be a part of CM Punk's uh, crew at one point and then she was a trainer at the uh, performance center for WWE and then thank goodness and the NWA grabbed her up and she was the NWA women's champion for a while until she lost to Camille Black Brickhouse but that's the problem I have with Eva Marie as a wrestler <laughs> so it was Eva versus Alexa Bliss. I don't like this fiend character that Alexa is playing, but I like the way Alexa has embraced the character. Alexa Bliss is one of the best women wrestlers out there. 
even though when she got into WWE, she came in as a bikini model. Uh, they actually told her she was too small, and she had to sit out for a while at the training center, the performance center, uh, till she gained some weight. So, uh, kudos to WWE for making her gain weight. Uh, so she could take the bumps and the, the beating that wrestlers take. But the match overall, it was pretty boring. Uh, Alexa, you know, did most of the wrestling. Um, Eva Marie grabbed Alexa's uh, stuffed animal, Lily, and smacked it around. And after that, Alexa went ballistic. Uh, it was an easy win for Alexa. After the match, Eva tried to blame Dewdrop. Dewdrop picked up the microphone and announced to the crowd, the winner was Eva Marie. And then she stole Eva Marie's uh, robe that she wore to the ring and pranced around in it. So I guess that's the end of Eva Marie and uh, Eve and uh, Dewdrop. Whatever. Two stars I gave it. Uh, next was Damian Priest versus Sheamus for the United States Heavyweight Championship. I didn't expect much out of it, but it was a very good match. It was old school. Sheamus dominated the first three quarters of the match with a lot of power moves and holds, but there's nothing wrong with that. Not everything has to be 100 miles an hour, jumping off the top rope 15 times, jumping out of the ring, doing suicide dives and all these things. Um, the winner is Damian Priest. Uh, he got all of his offense in towards the end. He won with a spinning heel kick and is the new United States heavyweight champion. Uh, oh, and it was a good match. I mean, I can't say it was bad. Yeah, I would give it, you know, three and a half or four stars because it was just a, an old school wrestling match. Nothing wrong with that. Now we came to the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Uh, the Uso brothers, Jimmy and Jay, versus the Mysterio family, Ray and Dominic. Uh, I said this should be fast and high impact. Uh, Ray and Dominic started out quick. Lady Ref Jess, one of my favorite referees, was in charge. Uh... The tide turned when Jimmy Uso knocked Dominic off the top rope. And then the Usos proceeded to beat up on Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic. Uh, they, when he was trying to crawl to the corner to tag his dad in, uh, the Usos would just, you know, kind of crouch next to him and taunt him, going, come on, you know, come on, come on, tag your dad, tag your dad. And then... You know, of course, at the last second, they would stop him from tagging his dad. So, very good match. Very high speed, upbeat. Uh, the Usos did what bad guys do, do. And, you know, they picked on the vulnerable, young, inexperienced Dominic. Uh, Ray tried to make a comeback at the end, but it was too much. The bad guys were bad guys and won. 
they did a double super kick into Ray's head while he was on his knees and then finished with, I, I don't know, I can't tell him apart, Jimmy or Jay doing uh, a splash off the top rope onto Ray after he'd already taken a double super kick to the head. Four-star match. Hot. The, the crowd was hot most of the night, uh, especially for this match with all of its high spots, uh, great heel work by the Usos. Uh, this is the reason why the, you know the WWE keeps the Usos around. Um, they've had their drinking problems, DUIs, run-ins with the law, um, and I don't want to get into their personal business, but a, a lot of wrestlers would have been cut loose, but I think it's the Usos' talent that keeps the WWE uh, keeping them around. And I hope they can get their personal lives in char- in, in check. Next, we were supposed to have Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. And I thought uh, this has potential to steal the show. Uh, they stole the show at WrestleMania. I think it was the best match of WrestleMania both nights. Uh, it was the main event of the Saturday night half of WrestleMania. Uh... But Sasha wasn't there. We were like, what the hell? We were waiting for her to come to the ring. And I thought it was strange that the champion came out first, Bianca. And then the announcer said, Sasha Banks cannot compete. She will be replaced by the most beautiful woman in wrestling, Carmella. And I'm just like, what? You know, Carmella's cool. She's been in this, you know, angle with Bianca Belair. I'm wait. I'm, I was waiting for um, Zelina Vega, the other person that's been in this ongoing feud with uh, Bianca Belair, to somehow get thrown in there or something. I thought something crazy was up. So we don't know the status of Sasha Banks. Rumors are around. She may have COVID. Uh, I started a rumor that Jim Cornette got her pregnant. That's probably not true. So, all of a sudden, Becky Lynch's music hits. (laughs) And, uh, well, the fans were not happy, first of all, uh, with Carmella coming out. Um... They were chanting for Sasha, and then I heard Becky Lynch's music hit, and I'm like, what in the hell? Becky Lynch is back. So now we've got Sasha or Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair in an impromptu tag team or women's championship match. No WWE officials. The two women just agreed to compete for the world championship. Uh, this is wrestling. And I was just like, oh my God, Becky Lynch won in under a minute. Which I felt was a real insult to Bianca Belair. But Becky probably hasn't had a lot of in-ring experience since leaving for pregnancy. I mean, she's been posting 
pictures on social media of her workout and her training but that's not in ring so they probably kept it short and I've been told heard online that it was up until a couple days ago that they found out that Sasha would not be wrestling uh, even all through the night right up to the start of the match they were promoting Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair probably pardon me while I take a drink probably to keep the Becky return as under wraps as possible but still shocking uh, the two women were going to shake hands Becky sucker slapped Bianca instead uh, hit her hit uh, Becky's finishing move uh, the manhandle slam which is a variation of the rock bottom and a uh, pump handle slam and I'm just like my notes I just wrote damn like what just happened here Uh, this kind of kills Bianca's push and her title reign and she's she was over with the fans the fans liked her uh and i was like where does the wwe book this from here you know where do they go do we get a sasha versus becky feud which would be great is becky a, a good guy or a bad guy because they can't turn her bad they can't turn her heel they tried and the fans loved her more for it. And the fa- she got the biggest cheer of the night, the biggest pop of the night from the fans. Of all the wrestlers, she got the biggest pop. So where do we go with this? Uh, I-, I don't know. Um, I think it, the match could have went longer. But like I said, you know, they may have kept it short because Becky hadn't been in the ring uh, for a year or more. So, I don't know. Crazy. But I'm glad to see Becky Lynch back. She is one of my favorite wrestlers. I just don't like the way they, the WWE booked this match. Um, But it was better than Carmella versus Bianca. Let's face that. Not, probably not as definitely not as good as Sasha versus Bianca would have been uh, and Bianca sold this like she was just blown away surprised going up to enter the entrance way on her way back to the locker room she was almost in tears so very interesting uh, next we had Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre. I like Drew McIntyre. I think he gets the best babyface heat of any wrestler since Hulk Hogan. I mean, he sells like you think he's going to die in the ring. And then he makes his comeback. I mean, he really makes you think that he's getting hurt. And, you know, just, oh my God, I'm really not going to win this match. And... There are few wrestlers that can pull that off these days that have that 
in-ring psychology. But he's been booked in a crappy feud with Drew Jinder Mahal. I like Jinder Mahal. I don't have anything against him. I was a fan of his when he was world champion. But they keep giving him this tacky these tacky gimmicks of the modern day Maharaja and, and playing off his ethnicity. Um, and it, that kind of hurts him, in my opinion. But I said I knew this would be kind of a boring match. It was about a four-minute match. I did not see three minutes of it. I went to the bathroom, uh, got myself a snack, and then came back. So zero stars for that match uh, also. Then we had Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley versus Nikki Ash or Nikki Almost Superhero. Um, Nikki's corny. She's very deserving of where she's at because she's put in the time and the work. Uh, she deserved this short women's title reign, in my opinion. Uh, they had a video of her on Instagram and Twitter and all over WWE social media walking out into the arena to get a, a feel before the uh, wrestling started, a feel for the, the spectacle of it all. And she was um, emotional. And, and that's really cool. You know, uh, to see, you know, what these people are thinking and doing before their matches. And, and it was a dream of hers, obviously. I mean, your next biggest dream as a wrestling fan, um, next to being one of the main events of SummerSlam, is to be the main event of WrestleMania. Uh, this was a good match. A lot of it was you know, throwing Nikki out of the way so that Charlotte and Rhea could have a great match together. But Nikki got her fair share of offense and have to read like, hold on. Nikki got her fair share of the spotlight. There was a point when... Uh, uh, Nikki and Charlotte were trading leverage to try and suplex each other. When Rhea Ripley came in and uh, hit Charlotte in the back... And then it was going to be a double suplex of uh, Nikki and Rhea suplexing Charlotte. They got her up in the air, and kudos to Charlotte for her athleticism. She was like perfectly stiff as a board, vertically in the air for a few seconds. And then she reverses this into, uh, I think it was supposed to be a double suplex, but it turned into more like a a double DDT, uh, but it looked great. I, I mean, so that's so hard to, you know, get lifted up 
like Charlotte did, stay perfectly straight up and down in the air and then bring your body back down and the two people working with you, you know, ter- flip frontwards towards you and have this great double DDT. Uh, the next high spot, Nikki and Rhea ended up on the outside of the ring. Charlotte went to the top rope to do her uh, moon salt to the outside that she's become known for. And she actually did a corkscrew in midair, landed on Rhea and Nikki. Uh, the, one of the things people are talking about out of this match is Nikki seemed to hit her head pretty hard on the guardrail around the ring. So we hope she's okay. She finished the match, but she looked like she got shaken up for a second or two there. So hopefully she's all right. I think she will be. Uh, The match ended with uh, Rhea Ripley being thrown out of the ring or something. Uh, Charlotte gets Nikki in the figure eight, which is her version of the figure four. Uh... New women's champion Charlotte Flair. Nikki, almost superhero, tapped out. It was a four-star match. And that's saying a lot because I didn't feel there were any uh, five-star matches on the card. Um, Seth Rollins and Edge. I said, you know, these two will go all out. That's what I felt before the match started. Uh, it was a great match. Uh, and Edge got as big of a pop when he came out as Becky Lynch did. And he came out to the old school brood. Remember when he and Christian were part of Gangrel's brood? That's a hard word for me to say. B-R-R-B-R-O-O-D. It's also a hard word for me to spell, evidently. Uh, Great, great entrance, though. And then halfway down the aisle, it went from the brood entrance to uh, his You Think You Know Me theme song. It was just great. Crowd loves Edge. They love Edge. It was a good, good match. You just have to watch it to appreciate it. Uh, Seth and Edge just tore each other to pieces. Uh, Back and forth battle. uh, Hard fought. Great, great work. Great sell by both guys. Uh, Seth Rollins taps out to the sleeper hold, which uh, is kind of funny because most people fall asleep in the sleeper hold. But Seth tapped out. I say it was a four-star match. Um, very good. It's, I'm interested and curious to see if they will ever acknowledge on camera if that Becky and Seth are either engaged or they may be married by now. I think they did get married. And everybody knows this. And everyone knows that he's the father of Becky's baby. So... I'm a little jealous of Seth Rollins, to be honest with you. (laughs) So, anyhow. Next, we had Bill Goldberg 
versus Bobby Lashley. This was a good match, uh, more than I expected it to be. Bobby carried Goldberg through this match. Much kudos to, to Bobby Lashley. This was a dangerous match for him to be in. Okay. Um, frankly, watching carefully, watching how Gold, Bill Goldberg worked, I thought he had difficult times executing simple moves like a body slam. I mean, he, he picked he picked Lashley up like dead weight, but he didn't give Lashley the opportunity to turn himself into the slam and help him help Goldberg with the slam. So it came off looking clunky. And I mean, it's a body slam. Come on. It's one of the first, th- probably first things they teach you in wrestling school, I, I guess, maybe. Uh, Bobby Lashley went up to the top rope at one point. Goldberg was supposed to slam him off the top rope, but instead of rotating Bobby, he just chucked him head first off the rope. And you, I seriously thought Bobby Lashley was going to land straight on his face. But to the credit of Bobby Lashley's own athleticism, at the last second he tucked his head and rolled forward in midair so it would look like a slam. But it, why they let Goldberg, I don't get it. So Goldberg was winning. Uh, it was kind of nerve-wracking. And then Bobby started cheating doing heel things, rolling out of the ring to avoid Goldberg. Uh, At one point, Bobby slipped under the ring ropes. This turned the referee's attention away so MVP could whack Goldberg in the knee with his cane. And it took Goldberg a few seconds after the cane shot to sell, sell the move. Uh, after that, Bobby Lashley worked on Goldberg's knee the rest of the match. Uh, Goldberg got back in the ring. Uh, the referee backed Bobby off. Uh, Bobby rammed, held Goldberg up in like a body slam position. Uh, or maybe it was a fireman's carry. Uh, anyways, it kept ramming Goldberg's leg into the ring post. Um... And then Goldberg got back into the ring, and he was trying to sell the knee. He's just not very good at it. And so at one point, he got up, and he kind of just timbered, fell over like a tree. Uh, like, like somebody chopped him down and fell sideways. So Bobby Lashley won by referee stoppage I think it was a weak weak ending to the match very disappointing for a SummerSlam match I don't care that Goldberg was 173-0 and 0 
1997 in WCW. He's not a top star anymore. I liked Goldberg back in the day. I owned his t-shirt. I... I was it... Or maybe, oh, I had somebody... Where I, wherever I was working at the time, they had Goldberg cheap plastic beer mugs. And on the side, I had a, his picture and said Goldberg. And it came with a free t-shirt. And my boss let me have one because I was a big wrestling fan. That's what it was. All right, who cares? <sighs> That's over. The days of... You know, Goldberg packing 40 or 50,000 people in in an arena to see him beat Hulk Hogan are done. He can't do his signature moves. Uh, He can still do the spear. He can still tackle people. But he can't do the jackhammer uh, suplex anymore without almost breaking his opponent's neck. He can't do a simple body slam. He's got no place in wrestling. And there's still one more match this year on his contract. Great. After the match, Lashley was beating up on Goldberg with a folding chair. Goldberg's punk kid jumps on Bobby Lashley's back. Bobby beats the kid up. Um, just for the work Bobby Lashley did, I give it 69.2 stars. So, there you go. Good job, Bobby Lashley. Lastly, but not leastly, we had uh, John Cena versus Roman Reigns, which was the marquee match of the night. The face that, the face of the company for 10, 15 years, John Cena, who was almost cut from WWE until uh, Stephanie heard him rapping in the back of a tour bus and they were looking for a white rapper gimmick Uh, and John Cena got that gimmick and ran with it and he's become a good good wrestler Uh, Roman Reigns dominated this match of course John Cena got his moves into his signature moves his five-knuckle shuffle, uh, attitude adjustments and all that. Uh, it was a good seesaw match. Cena got a big pop because he's been away from wrestling for a few years and the fans missed him. Uh, but he lost like Goldberg should have. He lost clean to put... Roman reigns over even more. That is what Goldberg should have done for Bobby Lashley. Because Bobby Lashley, as good of a champion as he is, as much as I like the guy as a wrestler and a a person, I met him in person, he's a nice guy. He plays his heel gimmick well, though. And he's phenomenal body, great shape. He should have had this spot 10 years ago when the WWF let him go. Uh, And then he went on and had a successful career in mixed martial arts. Never was in ultimate fighting. 
but he put a hurting on some dudes. I don't know if he was in Strike Force or another league. What should I win? Bellator or something? Anyways. Back to Roman Reigns. He and Cena put on a good match. At the end of the match, who comes out but Brock Lesnar? Paul Heyman almost had a stroke. He cowered from Brock Lesnar. Uh, Roman Reigns and Brock had a stare down. Uh, it was pretty, pretty interesting. Brock looks as phenomenal as Brock looks. Uh, he's rocking a new look, though. Uh, a ponytail and a beard. Very hipster, trendy, I guess. I don't know. But... He still looks like badass Brock Lesnar at the end. So this will be good. Let Paul Heyman stick with Roman Reigns. And let this feud develop. And let Brock Lesnar do his own talking. He actually has good mic skills. You know, at first he didn't. Because he's kind of a naturally quiet guy. But when you let his personality and uh, inner charisma come out... He does have mic skills. Uh, when Paul Heyman was away from WWE for a while in the 2000s, uh, Brock was doing holding his own against Kurt Angle and some of these other guys on the microphone. Uh, so we'll see where this goes. Uh, after the show went off the air for the fans at home, uh, there was a, a fight or something for the live audience which was basically Brock Lesnar beating up John Cena so I don't think they're going to go with a Brock Lesnar John Cena feud it's going to be Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns the the fight between Cena and Lesnar for the crowd was probably just a, a bonus for the crowd at hand or maybe it was just something Cena and Lesnar came up with on the fly they go back a lot of years too, you know, uh, with the, um, what was it, the Attitude, or not the Attitude Era, the, the Ruthless ruthless Aggression Era, uh, when John Cena didn't have the rapper gimmick and he was just John Cena, the really good wrestler, and I, that's when, one of the times I liked him best, to be honest with you, but anyhow... Uh, Brock Lesnar beat up on John Cena after the Peacock stream and pay-per-view went off the air. But uh, some fans have, you know, of course, cell phone video footage of it. So that'll be circulating around on the internet. Overall, I thought it was a good pay-per-view. Um, I liked the Becky Lynch comeback. I th- the match was short. And I think it hurts Bianca Belair's push. But there are people out there that feel she's better at chasing the championship than she is at being the champion. I just don't know how they turn Becky Lynch heel or if they turn Bianca heel. Because Bianca is not a a heel character, but she has great charisma, great athleticism, can 
talk on the mic. Uh, I think it's great. You know, when she's talking, it doesn't sound scripted, though maybe it is. Um, so, overall, I think it was a good comeback pay-per-view for WWE. And SmackDown really got better. They have Becky Lynch now. They have Brock Lesnar now. Raw, I don't know. But I do know tomorrow night uh, NXT will upstage this at TakeOver. And this is going to be an important NXT TakeOver to watch because... It might be one of the last ones with Triple H calling all the shots before Vince gets his grubby mitts in there or whoever's controlling Vince and screws up Triple H's baby. Uh, But the best wrestling out there in all the land, AEW, WWE, uh, all the smaller big promotions... The big, small promotions, I don't know what you would call them, but Impact, Ring of Honor, and those. NXT is the best wrestling (coughs) on the planet. But tomorrow night, NXT TakeOver will outdo SummerSlam. And there may not be very many good NXT uh, shows, matches left. So, alright, that's all. Remember to pray for each other. I hope you all enjoyed SummerSlam. And let's find the mystery of the missing Sasha Banks. Where is she? Is she pregnant? Is she sick with COVID? Is she sick of wrestling again who knows the secrets that are told that always do unfold in wrestling thanks guys god bless y'all take care see you next time Rip.